Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Before we begin, I'd like to direct your attention to the forward-looking statements disclosure on the first page of our presentation. The content of our call will be governed by this language. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and I'm recording on Wednesday, uh, February 1st, instead of Tuesday, because of audio problems. Audio problems all the way down, starting from uh, being able to actually capture the audio from the GM Q4 2022 earnings call to actual you know, audio for my own setup like the whole thing. And then, I, and then I ran out of room on my hard drive, on my computer. Oh, it was a very, it's been a very frustrating 24 hours, but I think we've got it this time. I think we're, we're all set. Uh, before we get to the Q4 2022 earnings call for GM, I do want to talk about a couple of things really quick. First of all, we have two new uh, patrons for the show. First, we have David, and I actually got a chance to chat with David for about an hour. Very nice gentleman. It was a very pleasant chat. I uh, got to know him, what he's up to. Awesome. David's also on the Kilowatt Slack. So if you want access to the Kilowatt Slack, all you got to do is email me and I will send you access to that. But David actually signed up to be a patron of the show in a little bit different way. And I haven't, I hadn't told anybody about this, but he figured out how to do it. Um, in addition to Patreon, I also have an Acast Plus um, option if you want to support this show. I hadn't set anything up really other than the basics. And um, now I think I need to actually set it up so that it actually works. So I'll tell you more about Acast Plus next episode. We have a, sec- we have a second uh, new patron. And this is Mo Cowbell. Which, uh, honestly, last night when I, and I, I, I emailed him this, uh, that his name made my night. And he doesn't know this, but I was in the middle of having a mental breakdown because of the audio issues. <laughs> and when I saw his email come in, first of all, I'm happy that anybody supports the show in, in whatever way you do it, whether that's just kind words, a, a review on iTunes or, or you, you know, financially support the show. I'm happy when anybody does that. But, <laughs> But when I, when it, when it came in and I was, it said Mo Cowbell, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is my people right here. Uh, Mo and David, welcome to the show. Uh, 
it was it's it's been a good week other than the audio issues it's been a good week it's been very good for my ego uh having these two gentlemen and a couple other people email me so thank you very much uh to everybody who emailed and interacted with me this week it meant a lot um patreon supporters it's a new uh month i normally i would thank the patreon supporters but I'm three minutes into this diatribe, so let's just say I'll thank the Patreon supporters on Friday's episode, and I'll tell you a little bit more about Acast Plus if you're interested in that. And there's a new Shuffle Playlist episode out, which is a podcast to do with my buddy Chris, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. I'll tell you about that at the end of the show. So let's go ahead and jump into GM's Q4 2022 earnings call. We're going to start with Mary Barra's opening remarks. I do need to let you know that I edited her opening remarks down to only include information about electric vehicles because I don't think anybody who listens to this uh, podcast cares about their ICE business. So let's go ahead and jump into that. I want to begin today's call by recognizing the General Motors team, all of our employees, and including our dealers and suppliers. It takes experience, skill, and teamwork to adjust to external factors like higher interest rates, commodity price increases, and supply chain disruptions, and deliver our commitments year in and year out. Our team rose to meet every challenge thrown at them in 2022, and they delivered record EBIT-adjusted in a year of firsts that really sets us apart from our competition. For example, GM led the U.S. industry in total sales and delivered the largest year-over-year increase in market share of any OEM alongside record ATPs. Our growing portfolio of EVs will enhance our strong sales and share performance across the board because we're targeting the most popular segments at multiple price points. This year, we will have nine EVs in the market in North America, including the Chevrolet Bolt EV and EUV, which saw record sales. In fact, they were the best-selling mainstream EVs in the second half of the year, and we plan to build more than 70,000 this year for North America and other markets. So let's talk about our growing EV portfolio. At our November Investor Day, we took you deep into the products and supporting strategies that will help us achieve solid EV profitability in 2025. And this is a breakout year for the Ultium platform. Production at our Ultium cell joint venture in Ohio is on track, and the plan in Spring Hill will open later this year. Ultium cells started hiring and training launch team members in October, and they began equipment installation in November. These plants will help us meet pent-up demand for the Cadillac Lyric, the GMC Hummer EV pickup, and the Bright Drop Zevo 600, and it keeps our other EV launches on track. For example, Bright Drop continues to add new customers, including DHL Canada, and they are on track to achieve the goal of $1 billion in revenue for the year. <clears throat> Excuse me. In April, we launched the Silverado EV work truck at Factory Zero for fleets, So we have opened up the order banks to begin converting initial demand for more than 200 customers into firm orders for 2023 production, with the first deliveries in the spring. Interest is so strong that we believe demand will exceed supply in 2023 and into 2024. In the fall, we will begin building the sold-out Silverado RST First Edition, Chevrolet's flagship electric pickup, which will feature trailing-capable supercruise, four-wheel steering, and a multi-flex mid-gate and up to 400 miles of range. We'll follow with other retail-focused models in 24, including the Silverado EV Trail Boss. This summer, we'll also see the launches of the Chevrolet Blazer EV and Equinox EV. More than 40% of Blazer's reservation holders are new to EVs. 
Among the 60% who have owned an EV or hybrid, most are either Tesla customers or are loyal Bolt EV and Bolt customers. What's common to everyone is they want an all-electric SUV that's stylish and roomy with enough range and fast-charging capability to make it their daily driver. And they want it from a brand like Chevrolet with a proven record uh, and reputation for quality. The Equinox EV has many of the same attributes and an even more affordable package, which makes it unique and another growth opportunity for GM. More than one-third of the customers interested in the Equinox EV say affordability is their key consideration, and the latest data says nearly half live on the east or west coast or in Texas, which are all growth markets for us. This cadence of cell production and product launches, combined with strong demand for the Bolt EV and EUV, keeps us on track to produce 400,000 EVs in North America from 2022 to mid-2024, with the Ultium platform volumes increasing significantly in the second half of this year. Our team in China is also scaling Ultium. The Cadillac Lyric, which was the first to launch in September, and our dealers are very excited about it. They delivered around 2,400 units through December, with about 80% of customers coming from other manufacturers. Excitement is also building at Buick, which is now building pre-production units of the Buick Electra 5, an SUV inspired by the Electra X concept. It will be the first in an all-new portfolio of Buick EVs. All of these launches and initiatives will help us deliver near-term commitments we made at Investor Day, and we continue to make bold moves to drive profitable, long-term growth. We're also building an EV supply chain that is long-term competitive advantage for GM and a major source of new jobs, especially in North America. For example, our first three joint venture cell plants are expected to create 11,000 jobs in the U.S., with about 6,000 in construction and 5,100 in operations. In Quebec, Quebec, uh, construction of our joint venture cathode active material plant is moving quickly, and the structure should be complete mid-year. In Texas, MP Materials has started construction of its first rare earth metal alloy and magnet manufacturing facility, and they expect to begin delivering product to us late this year. After several months of optimizing engineering and process parameters, Controlled Thermal Resources is now recovering lithium from its geothermal brine resource in California's Imperial County. This is an important step in completing the engineering design to recover lithium from geothermal brine at scale. In Australia, Queensland Pacific Metals has secured all major approvals to begin construction of a new facility that will be an environmentally sustainable center for processing nickel and cobalt. In December, Ultium Cells signed a supply agreement with Pasco Chemical to support, uh, source artificial graphite from Korea. And today we announced the largest ever investment by an automaker in battery raw materials. Specifically, we are making an equity investment of up to $650 million in Lithium Americas to help them develop the largest known lithium resource in the U.S. and the third largest globally. Lithium Americas estimates that the potential output from this project could support annual production of up to a million EVs and create 1,000 new jobs in construction and another 500 in operations. Production is scheduled to start in the second half of 2026, and after our initial investment, GM will have exclusive access to the lithium offtake in the first phase of the project. It's a landmark transaction, and it certainly won't be the last major supply chain announcement for GM. We continue to pursue strategic supply agreements and partnerships to further secure our long-term needs and drive investment in the United States and across North America. 
As I said, all of these launches and initiatives tie back to the roadmap we shared at Investor Day. We're executing a product strategy in ICE and EV that is designed to support strong pricing and grow our share, especially in EVs, by competing in multiple segments and price points. We're expanding domestic cell production to drive EV growth. And we are turning our EV supply chain into a powerful competitive advantage. And we're maintaining strong financial results during a period of high investment, which includes taking a very strategic approach to managing our costs. All right, let's go over a couple things real quick here that I think are worth mentioning again. Nine EVs in North America in 2023 for GM across all of their brands. So you have the Bright Drop vehicle, which is their uh, electric delivery van. You have the Blazer EV, the Silverado RST, as as well as the work truck, the Silverado Trail Boss uh, EV, the Equinox, and of course you have the... Um, Cadillac Lyric and you have the Hummer EV. So it's looking good in 2023 for, for GM. We'll see how, if they're able to capitalize on that, but nine, um, EV models over all of their brands. It's pretty impressive. They're going to talk a lot about, um, GM's focus on the Ultium platform and versatility is really what that platform has. And we'll hear a little bit more about that as we go forward. And then also keeping an ear out because there's questions on pricing strategies, um, the Inflation Reduction Act, and like I said, the Ultium platform, more specifically the batteries. But before we get to those questions, let's get a Chevy Cruise update. And I should say there was a financial uh, opening remarks from the, the CFO. I cut that out because it was really financial. Um, there wasn't any information in there that I think would interest you as it relates to EVs. Um, lots of good information about how GM's making money, but I don't know how well it would relate to this show. So let's go ahead and jump into the Chevy Cruise update. Next, I would like to dedicate a few minutes to Cruise because 2022 was a very significant year for them as well. So Kyle, I'm turning it over to you. Thanks, Mary. Uh, Before I share more about the rapid scaling ahead of us for 2023, I'd like to take a minute to highlight what we accomplished in 2022. Um, As you said, last year was the year that fully driverless AVs transitioned from being a moonshot to reality. With the cruise robo-taxi fleet serving thousands of rides to real customers in a major U.S. market and making its first fully driverless deliveries. We started the year with just a handful of cars on the road and a service that was restricted to employees. In January, though, we welcomed our first public riders and a few months later launched our commercial service, the first ever in a major U.S. city. And since then, we're approaching 1 million driverless miles, have completed tens of thousands of driverless rides, and run the largest driverless AV operation in the world, currently peaking at 130 driverless AVs at the same time in our Red Hill fleet. We've scaled responsibly, safely, and transparently, including the release of the most comprehensive safety report in the industry. It outlines the key tenets and processes we put in practice each day that make our products an obvious choice against a backdrop of tragedies on the road caused by human error. We finished the year delivering on our promise, a bold one, to complete our first commercial driverless rides in Austin and Phoenix. In Austin, we went from zero footprint to revenue-generating rides in just a few months. And this proves that our technology scales quickly to new regions with minimal modifications to our investment. 
And I think at this point, it's fair to say that our focus on complex cities like San Francisco, doing that first has paid off, and we've opened the door to rapid scaling this year and beyond. Looking ahead, this is the year when we really hone in on our key enablers for growth and profitability. Those are amazing experience, low cost, available everywhere. We're going to expand our service in both existing and new markets, and we'll have more to come on this soon. And we're working to ensure that our riders have an experience that is not only better than traditional ride hail, but the best transportation experience possible. The origin will go into volume production later this year with closed course testing underway right now. And I can say after riding an autonomous origin myself, I can say that it's going to be hard to go back uh, to a conventional uh, vehicle format for an AV. And as part of driving down costs and increasing availability, you'll also see us to continue to improve our operational efficiency and scale. And as an example, the most recent 100,000 driverless miles that we did clocked in eight times faster than the first 100,000 miles that we did. And we expect our rapid expansion to continue at similar rates this year and next. Our operational efficiency also extends to how we spend our cash. We continually look for creative ways to reduce expenses, including more recently increasing our use of automation, increasing our cloud compute efficiency, and reducing our R&D real estate footprint. Our major investments in lower costs, vehicles and hardware, such as the cruise origin, better routing and pricing algorithms, and operational efficiencies are going to drop costs and improve our unit economics as we scale to more cities, drive up revenue, and continue our march toward profitability. We will be thoughtful and focused with our spending, but we do intend to pursue the massive market opportunity in front of us by significantly increasing our commercial footprint and operating scale. It's abundantly clear that we have a massive opportunity ahead of us, and it's fully within our reach. We will continue to go up after it with integrity and with urgency. All right. This all sounds really positive. Uh, I'm not saying he's not telling the truth because I don't really have the, the information of the data in front of me. But Chevy Cruise does have some challenges that it needs to overcome. Cars are still stopping in the middle of the road in San Francisco. I'm still seeing that. I don't know if it's happening as often as it used to or people are just getting used to it by now. But it still happens. Um, I haven't... Chevy Cruise is here in Phoenix. I didn't know they were in Austin as well, but I haven't heard of anybody having an issue with Chevy Cruise in the Phoenix area or, or the area where I live anyway. Currently, uh, Chevy Cruise or the Cruise only operates from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. in this area. Um, I'm actually in the beta program. Um, I was able to reach out to a vice president and he gave me access to it, which is super cool of him. I really appreciate that. But they only, they only operate between 10 p.m. and 5.30 a.m. I was a little wrong on the, the stop time. Where nobody, almost nobody is on the road where I live at that time, which I, you know, I understand they're training it and getting it ready. But also, I don't know that there's a real challenge uh, because there's there's not a lot of people on the road during that time. I also haven't had a chance to uh, go for a ride because one, I've been sick, but also I I'm asleep before 10 p.m. I don't I'm not sure I can wake up or be, stay awake past 10 p.m. because I wake up stupid early in the morning. I did recently take a Waymo ride, however, and it should have it took twice as long as it should have if I would have driven myself. It went through two neighborhoods. 
and uh, only made one left turn. Everything else, uh, it, it went through all these neighborhoods, so it could only make right-hand turns. And it dropped me off about a minute and a half away from where my ultimate goal was. And uh, on the way home, it it took half the time uh, to get there. Like it was, it was great. It did a great job on the way home. But on the way there, oh, it went out of its way uh, to go out of its way. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. One hundred percent online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Next up, we have a question on battery supply. Um, can, can you just talk about supply in terms of bat from a battery and lithium perspective it just seems like you, you guys are being much more aggressive making sure you have that supply through 2025 just talk about some of those efforts and just giving you more and more confidence on the you know sort of ev targets over the coming years thanks yeah good morning dan um i'm really proud of what the team has done you know our um, collaborative effort across supply chain, finance, business development um, uh, have led to a what I think is the strongest portfolio of battery raw materials going forward. We've fully secured all of our, our battery raw materials through 2025. And as uh, you see from the announcement today with the investment in Lithium Americas and the uh, supply that we'll be able to get from the Thacker Pass, we're making rapid uh, improvements and uh, increases in our battery raw materials for 2026 and beyond. Um, that That is, you know, uh, core to our strategy. Uh, what we've done, uh, we've talked about being creative um, because what we're really trying to do is to create a portfolio uh, that is in it for the long term. Um, so whether it's a combination of spot price movements, fixed price contracts, uh, 
across the board, we're looking at, uh, at ways to creatively manage that and make sure that we're running it as a partnership. We want our partners to be successful too, uh, especially in this space as we're developing new sources of these raw materials. And this is such a great example of, of that partnership mentality coming to fruition. I, I, I would tend to agree with this. I think GM is doing a great job as in, in terms of obtaining those raw materials they're going to need for EVs and the batteries to support what their overall goal is. Cause it's, it's, I think it's like 400,000 cars next year, 400,000 EVs sold or something like that. I might be getting that wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what I heard earlier in the call. Um, I didn't write it down. That's why I'm hemming and hawing about it, but that still, that's really important. Impressive, and they have, I think, three battery plants they're working on right now, and we'll hear a little bit more about that later in the call. Yeah, they're just getting real aggressive. I, I like what they're doing. Um, like I said earlier, hopefully they're able to, or I think I said this earlier, hopefully they're able to build a compelling car because otherwise <laughs> you can have all of the parts, you know, uh, you can have all the raw materials in the world, and if you're not able to build a car that people actually want to buy, um, it doesn't really do you any good. So, all right, let's get to our next question, which is about price cuts. Thanks. And then just a quick follow-up. You know, obviously price cuts that we've seen, Tesla, Ford, but but doesn't seem like GM is going down that path. Can you just hit on that concept? You know, that's a big focus of investors. Sure. Uh, you know, when we look at our strong part of product portfolio and the interest that we have at the prices that we've al- already announced, we feel that we're well positioned. Uh, you know, even going into, you know, the first month of the year, we've seen uh, a very uh, strong customer interest in our products. And so, uh, you know, we think right now we're, we're priced where we need to be. Of course, we're going to monitor it and we'll um, make sure we remain competitive, but we really think with the strength of our product portfolio and what we have coming, we're, we're positioned well. I would agree with this. Uh, GM has vehicles starting less than $30,000 with the Bolt and the Bolt EUV, and then priced right at $30,000 with the Equinox. And then it goes all the way up to $100,000 with the Silverado RST and the Hummer EV, you know, that's that's a pretty good spread of over $70,000. Um, there's a vehicle in there, not for everyone, because $30,000 is or $26,000, $27,000 for the Bolt. That's still a real amount of money and over what some people can afford to pay, but it's a good start. And then you have, you know, the stupid expensive over $100,000 vehicles. The first edition Hummers were like $110,000, and then they start at eighty dollars for everybody else. And the RST Silverado will start, I think, at $104,000 right around there. What I'm trying to say is they've, at this point, they've got a car for just about everyone. And if all of these vehicles come out in 2023, plus the vehicles that they already have currently that they're selling, uh, they might have the most... Um, Versatile isn't the the uh, word I'm looking for. They might have the most diverse lineup, at least here in the United States and other parts of North America. All right, we got uh, yet another price cut question. So let's get to that one. Good morning, everybody. Um, just want, wanted to maybe just first follow up on, on Dan's question. Um, Look, I, I know based on the prices that you've laid out for Equinox, Blazer, Lyric, that uh, demand for the near term is much greater than your ability to supply. 
but at the same time, um, you're only assuming double uh, or low single-digit EBIT margin for EVs by mid-decade, and one of your peers is already at 20% gross and pretty healthy EBIT, and their costs are still falling. So my question is whether there are changes that you're contemplating or that you could make to close in on that benchmark and, and uh, generate similar margins any faster. Um, hey, Rod, Paul, um, thanks for the question. Thanks for, thanks for being on. You know, I think, um, you know, it's important to note that, uh, you know, as, as we look across the competitive landscape, you know, that competitor you referenced wasn't there in the beginning either, right? There's a lot of scaling that we're doing across the board. So as we're running concurrent operations with ICE and EV, um, there's obviously some frictional costs on utilization, et cetera, that we expect to be able to, to scale as we go through this transformation. Um, the ICE portfolio remains really strong, but we're also building the EV factories for the future. Um, and clearly, the production levels that we see now and as we're ramping up uh, aren't there yet. So uh, we expect a tremendous level of operational synergies. Um, we're also going to manage the business um, uh, aggressively. I think the $2 billion cost reduction program that uh, we're announcing today is a, is a strong testament to that and making sure that we're, we're driving efficiencies as we ramp up those productions. So it's not a, I don't think, a direct apples-to-apples apples comparison, but one that we're obviously aware of. On the pricing front, the demand is uh, really, really strong um, for all of our vehicle programs uh, going forward, and uh, we, we feel good about, uh, about where we're going and the trajectory that we're on. If somebody could please translate this for me, you could just email me. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. I'd appreciate that. Um, in this next question, we really can't understand the person taking ask, or excuse me, asking the question. So Mary and the team do a decent job of breaking the question down so that it makes sense for us. And I think it was specifically for this podcast. So let's go ahead and listen. So, so EJ, um, you're... Uh Audio. You were a little garbled, so let us let us try. I'll take the last one. The ramp at um, mm-hmm. Ultium in Lordstown, Ohio, is on track, going well. Um, you know, the team is really ramping up, really focused on quality, and and the the you know the, the two uh, between LG Energy Solutions and General Motors working really well together. So I'm very pleased. Um, as I mentioned, Spring Hill is also on track, as is Michigan. And those three plants are really what enables us to achieve the goals that we've set for getting to 2025 and a million units um, in, in North America. So that's all going really, really well. I'm glad that's going really, really well. And I don't have anything to add. So let's move on to a question about inf- the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, just a, a, a first question, Mary. Um, on the IRA, I mean, there's a lot going on with the interpretation and the final rules being set here. Um, you know, originally it looked like GM was going to be relatively advantaged just the way that you were set up on production and your supply chain, but some of the interpretations on the commercial vehicle side and the fact that lease vehicles may um, fit the bill of, of being commercial vehicles, it may open the door to Europeans, Chinese, Japanese, South Koreans, anybody be um, shipping EVs into the U.S. and still getting that $7,500 credit. So, just curious what, what your thoughts are on that, um, you know, how you think the rules should be interpreted, and could there be the chance if this you know, loophole or change um, stays in force that you might ship EVs in from China? So our, our strategy all along for a very long time has been to build where we sell, and I think when you look at the work that we've done with the battery plants in this country and, and all of the supply investments that we've made, uh, you know, that helps us have, um, I'll say, supply chain uh, resiliency, 
um, more certain. It gives us the opportunity with some of the deals we've made to, I think, have a better cost advantage. Um, and also, you know, also it's good for the country and creates jobs. And that's what IRA was meant to do. And so we're waiting to see what the final rules and are going to be from Treasury. I think uh, regardless of, uh, you know, some of the issues still to be uh, clarified from a lease perspective, General Motors is still, um, at, you know, going to benefit greatly because if you look at the production tax credits um, from cells and module perspective and then where we'll be um, from a battery component and critical min- minerals, uh, we think we're well positioned. Again, uh, the deal that we announced today or the partnership the equity investment, I think, continues to reinforce it. So, yeah, we're waiting to see what is going to be. But, you know, our focus is on uh, having a strong supply chain here. Obviously, when we get the final rules, we'll look uh, because we, we do have a global footprint. But I, I think we're focused on supporting uh, North America production, primarily from North America and uh, to a certain extent from Korea. Uh, so, Again, we're waiting to see, but I think you have to go back to what the intent of IRA was. I 100% agree with this. The Inflation Reduction Act was meant to create jobs here in the United States and be a net positive for folks, uh, U.S. citizens and those living in the United States. However, that doesn't mean that it's going to benefit every single United States citizen because some people may not be able to or want to buy a Chevy Bolt, for instance, in this case, or a a Tesla, but they can buy a VW ID4. And that's the vehicle they really want. That's the vehicle that's going to work out best for their family. Um, That doesn't qualify for the Inflation Reduction Act. So you're kind of, you know, hosed, or at least we'll see if it ultimately qualifies for the Inflation Reduction Act once we get the new rules in March. So I can see that there are really two sides. There, There's what's going to be best for here for the United States and workers of the United States, but then there's also what's best for the consumer and offering as many vehicles with that tax credit, uh, EVs anyway, would be best for the consumer. And now we have yet another question about pricing. Uh, hi, everyone. Um just on you know, back to the GMs EV pricing you know, relative to the market in North America, yeah, how would you you know assess GMs you know, price competitiveness you know, given the latest moves by competitors? It's you know it sounds as though demand in your order books are, are quite full, but you know just given the you know the the more recent competitive responses by others, would you know be curious to get your take? You know whether your GM sees the opportunity to reposition, or you know we also have the the IRA defined uh, MSRP caps to you know as well to to consider. Sure. Well, I I think that's the strength of what General Motors is planning to launch this year. Many of the products that we have are going to be below the caps because we have a full portfolio of EVs at multiple price points. When you think about the Equinox EV, the Blazer EV, um, and and then the Silverado as, as well as the Lyric, I think we're really well positioned. And these are brand new products into the marketplace that we have really strong interest. So, you know, that's why both Paul and I feel that right now, based on the interest and the fact that, you know, the pricing that we put out even before the IRA came out was very appropriate. We're, you know, we're going to, um, and, and because of the strength of the Ultium platform, that's what enables us uh, to do that along with the fact that we're ahead of, from most of the, I'll say the, 
traditional OEMs and getting battery uh, cells produced in this country. So I think if you look at the strategy we've been executing, uh, we're well positioned and the strength of our product portfolio, I think, is, is what is uh, giving us the confidence to, of where we sit right now um, with feeling that we've priced appropriately. Understood. And then just within the 400,000 uh, cumulative uh, EV production target by the first half of next year, can you just mention you know, what portion of that uh, would be you know, your EV truck platform? Uh, you know, we haven't provided that kind of specific analysis, but the fact that, uh, you know, Shepard, well, the Hummer to begin with, and that will ramp significantly this year and even more uh, next year, you know, as we're, we're completely sold out. Uh, and then the Silverado that we think we're going to, the Silverado EV uh, work truck, and then the, R, uh, the RST comes at the uh, toward the end of the year, I mean, I think all of those are very significant products that are going to do very well, but we're not giving specific um, specific numbers. All right. I already spoke on this. Um, GM just needs to make sure that these vehicles that they're building are compelling and, you know, priced right, but they're already, they've already talked about how they're doing that to make sure that they are priced right. But if they're not compelling at the price that they're selling them for, nobody's going to buy them. And now we are at our final question, which is about Ultium versatility, the Ultium platform's versatility. So let's go ahead and listen to that. Yes, uh, good morning. Thank you very much for taking the question. Uh, is GM considering changes to its longer-term battery plans for North America? As there have been media reports recently suggesting uh, both that GM is considering adopting cylindrical cells and also that GM and LG may not partner on a fourth battery plant. So, so first, you know, one of the, the strong points of the Ultium platform is that it's chemistry agnostic and it can take pouch, prismatic, or cylindrical cells. And so we can uh, look to what is going to be the right battery uh, for the specific vehicle from a performance perspective. So we have that complete flexibility. Uh, we have very important work going on with LG Energy Solutions. They're an incredibly important partner to us. Uh, and we're working well together, as we mentioned, with the launch of the Orion, or excuse me, the Lordstown plant, uh, and then Spring Hill, and then the plant in Michigan. So we're working well together, and we are going to need a fourth plant and more plants beyond that. And as we have those details to share, we will we will, we will share them. But right now, there's nothing that's really changed um, in our plan to have battery manufacturing capability uh, here in the U.S. and and broadly. Uh, in North America as well. This is something that GM has talked about in the past, but I think it's good to bring it up again just to remind everybody. The Ultium system, it was designed so that GM could just plug in any battery form factor and chemistry in to, that makes the most amount of sense for that particular vehicle. They've been saying this for a while now. Honestly, when they first started saying it, I thought it was probably uh, some marketing speak and a bunch of baloney, but it sounds like that's not the case. Uh, so that's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's not the case. They mentioned that the the reason to change the form factor or the chemistry was for performance of the vehicle. My guess, in reality, it's more a cost decision. I mean, I'm sure there's some balance between performance and cost, but I would say cost probably overrides performance. So, but other than that, I, I liked what they had to say on this question. All right, everybody, that is it for me this week. I mentioned that my podcast, Shuffle Playlist, has a new episode. And 
The song that we talk about this week on Shuffle Playlist is Sabotage by the Beastie Boys, but it was performed or covered by Korn and Slipknot. And I'm not a huge Slipknot fan, but I am a huge Korn fan, and it's a really, really good uh, cover of Sabotage. Sabotage is one of my favorite songs. And uh, when I when I heard this, I was like, "Ooh, it gets your blood it gets your blood pumping." All right, that is it for me this week. You can email me. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can also find me on Twitter at 918digital. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I'm going to leave my podcasting room and go into the living room and start writing to the Friday show. (laughs) So uh, audio issues are fun. They put you behind on everything. Thank you, Michelle, and thanks to everyone for your questions. You know, we at General Motors are really excited about the opportunities ahead of us in 23, especially with all the new vehicles that we're launching. Chevrolet and GMC will build on their leadership in pickup trucks, and Chevrolet is giving customers around the world compelling entry-level products, too. And this is the breakout year for the Ultium platform. So when you look at the products we'll have by the end of this year, again, they're all outstanding. Again, we expect another year of strong financial results, and our confidence reflects the determination of the GMT, of the GM team, the strength of our vehicles we're delivering, and the valuable relationships we've developed with our dealers, our suppliers, and our other partners. So I hope you see um, with what we did in 22 and what we're indicating we're going to be able to achieve in 23 that we continue to have your confidence and We uh, look forward to uh, continuing to tell you more about this year as we go forward. So I hope everyone has a great rest of day. That concludes today's conference call. Thank you for joining. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.